How are we doing, mates? Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. This is Ryan Roland-Smith. Grant Balfour is about to join me. We have got the World Series about to kick off. We've also talked about free agency. Your favorite player might be on the move. Grant has been through that a couple times. We also talk about Aaron Boone with his three-year extension. Our thoughts on the manager being a player under guys you want to play with, guys you don't want to play with. Uh, Max Scherzer and that term you hear all the time. Dead arm. I got some dead arm when you had the dead arm uh, against the the Braves there. And, and what does that mean? What does dead arm mean? We're going to talk about that. And then on our Aussie segment, it is Melbourne Cup Day. Happy Melbourne Cup Day to all my Australian friends out there. Big deal. Uh, we have a lot of laughs about that. So whether you're American, Australian, you are going to laugh. Don't be driving. You'll go right off the road. Hey, some great feedback. Uh, I know the Duffy story uh, was quite a hit. I've got some great emails about that. Some good memories too for some people back in Australia. So good times. Oh, and I nearly forgot social media. We have an update. First of all, go, go follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at the Top Step Podcast. The big update, Grant Balfour. He's on Instagram. Can you believe it? Go follow him, Grant Balfour50. A round of applause would be Grant for getting on, getting with the program. Before we get into it, press pause, go subscribe. All right, you're back. You've subscribed. All right, enjoy this episode. Grant Balfour, Ryan Roland Smith, right here on the Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes him out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. As six. Victor Martinez and Grant Balfour join and benches and cleared. My goodness. This... This is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He, he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Big fella, how, how are we? Good, buddy. How are you? Good to see you again. You too, mate. You getting ready for the Melbourne Cup or what? Oh, bloody yes, mate. I'm keen for a punt. We're going <laughs> to dive into that in the uh, That's Grouse segment later on the show, but we always kick it off with the word of the day. Yeah. I haven't given you a heads oh, yeah. up. We've been chatting before yeah. we came on, as we always do, having a laugh, that we yeah. should just click record 20 minutes early. But the word for you, mate, flat out. Jeez, mate. I've been flat out. <laughs> Flat out. So for for everyone back in Australia, you're probably probably flat out at the moment. I uh, hope you get a chance to take a break, listen to the podcast here. But if you're flat out, you know Super you just busy. run off your feet. So busy, it's just flat out. <laughs> just flat out, mate. <laughs> Sorry, I won't be able to help you this weekend, mate. I'm I'm flat out. <laughs> yeah, one of your buddies calls you. One of your mates call you. And like, hey, mate, you mind coming around up me do something around the house? Nah, mate, I'm flat out. <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time I uh, get on the phone with my old man, I'm like, "Oh, don't hate me. Oh, I may have been flat out, running around everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best. I, I use that a lot over here, and and sometimes yeah. you forget it's an Aussie term. I, I guess you know because uh, yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, how you been, mate?" Like you haven't seen someone for a week. Oh, man, I've been yeah. flat out. Like you don't even realize. <laughs> probably, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, they're like flat out. What are you talking about? Yeah, flat out. <laughs> flat out. And I'm, yep. I'm not going to go on the computer right now, start typing and figure out where that comes from. I'm just guessing yeah. flat out. Like you basically, you know. It's flat on your back. You're just knackered. Your you're Done. knackered. You're exhausted. I'm flat out. Toast. <laughs> <laughs> now, here we go. Now, I messed this up last week and people have told me about it. Because remember, yeah. we, had to, we had to slide the word in during the show and it's not allowed to be in the Aussie segment. That's grass. It has to be during the show. The, the word last week, I actually threw it into the Aussie segment, not thinking. So that's no. that's what we need to do. We're going to be talking about some pending free agents coming up after these playoffs are done, after the World Series is finished. Also, yeah. Aaron Boone. So it should be pretty easy to, to throw this bad boy in to, to some of these topics for sure, right? Okay, so the yeah, first thing I want to get to, we've got a lot to get to today, champion. The first thing I want to get to is let's just talk about, you and I have been going back and forth. We watched that. Uh, AL the the NLCS first of all the the starting pitching oh actually both series ALCS NLCS 
starting pitching just has not been there. Obviously, for the Astros, it was a shocker there in the first couple of games. And then the Dodgers. Yeah. Max Scherz is the big one for me. He comes out of the game. He didn't look sharp to me, man. I'm even talking about the, the game to finish off the Giants. Yeah. He, I know he punched out a couple of dudes, <clears> but he just didn't look the same sharp. He's only come in for an inning. There was something a little bit off. And then that yeah. start against the Braves, dude. It, when, when a guy like Max Scherz takes himself out of the game and says, look, I'm, I'm just not right. Something's not right. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it comes down to the workload. I mean, that guy takes the ball. Like, you know, I think he... He's probably the one of the meanest competitors out there. He wants to ball. He the way he talks. You listen to uh, any of his interviews. I mean, that guy. You know, he's just a beast out there on the mound, and he'll take the ball in any given moment. And he went out there. He gave him seven strong, and then turns around, pitches there in the uh, you know winner takes all game, and comes in and closes that yeah against the Giants there, and, and comes in and closes that game out. You know, so he he's still in the ninth inning there. He's all of a sudden, he's the closer. So he's out of his routine. He's not his typical five-day, fifth-day routine sort of thing. He's out there, a little bit of shorter rest, pitching an inning, then turns around. You know, the guy who he is wants to be out there and and take the ball for him. He uh, couldn't get game one because of just, you know, the time frame yeah. just wouldn't allow it. So they went with the bullpen basically by committee, I believe, that game. Uh, game two was their real, you know, ace in Scherzer. And by that time, you know, the blokes, I mean, he's, he's flat out. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, man, you beat he's me cooked, to it. Mate. I was, I was going to, I was planning on throwing it in when we're talking free agency, but you, but you, yeah, he, yeah, he was flat out. That's for sure. You've got, you, you got 79 pitches and four to third innings out of him. But, you know, obviously a guy like that, he, He's been going out there. I think he was going out there throwing seven innings every time, at least for him. Right. Yeah. Deep into games. It wasn't like, though, when you look at that stretch, too, going into these playoffs, you don't look back and say, oh, well, they had him on short rest every two seconds because they weren't, obviously, they, they wanted to try and win the division. They came down the last game with the Giants. But do you remember CC Sabathia back in, I think it was like 08, 2009 oh. with the Brewers? Brewers. Yeah. He got oh, traded over to the Brewers. That bloke just took the ball and ran with insane. it. Didn't he? Yeah, he, he was doing some special things. He was going, and I want to look up some of these pitch counts, but he was going like 120, 130 pitches, three days off, and straight back at it. <laughs> it oh, like, I know. And the Brewers had a thing with him because they weren't going to re-sign him. He was a rental. He got traded over there that year. Yeah. But they basically said, ah, oh, look, we haven't got this dude for next year. You know, he's a free agent. Yeah, he's going to run him hard. They just ran his ass into the ground. It's like, but again, it's like flogging a horse, mate. Yeah, flogging off yeah. like the like yeah. Melbourne gut. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side though, CC Sabathia is like, yeah, hey, let's do it, man. I'm all in. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it, it can go either way. It could go south real, real bad on you. Yeah, or you know, it could go the other way, and you're the bloke that went out and pitched on three days rest and shoved, and now you're a free agent, which he was, and cashing in. We got a lot of got a lot of good feedback. Even the man himself, Steve Duff, last week when I gave the Duffy speech. Yeah. Coaches around the world are using that speech now. I guarantee you. I, I never forget Duffy came out and said, "Oh well, you're cooked." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you just like couldn't get through an inning. Oh man, I think maybe we might have to have the Duffy segment. I don't know. Going yeah. back to Scherzer, I want to ask you this: He has that. They win the wild card game. He pitches in that. Does his rehab? You talked about routine, getting taken out of your routine. Then he comes in. And so, you know, look, he's on the he's on the cans, whatever, having a few beers. As we saw, he had the shirt off, the whole thing. That was yeah. in the wildcard game. That affects your routine, your recovery. I'm not trying to sound like an absolute buzzkill here. Then yeah, you go nah. into the Giants game, comes in, out of the bullpen. Everyone's like, well, oh, that was his bullpen day anyway. It doesn't matter. It's completely different, man. Places, yeah. ruckus in that, in that building, whatever. He yeah. gets done with that. He's on the field going berserk. Talking to our good friend Lauren Gardner on the on the post game interview, he's going to join us in a couple episodes. Shirt off, beer in hand, not doing the same recovery as we're used to seeing. Does that have any impact? Because you've been there, dude. You've closed out a game and hit the cans right after. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, obviously you're going to celebrate. You've you, you got to enjoy it a little bit there. You've made the postseason, and uh, each you know each one. I remember going back. We always had a celebration. You know, you go back on the field in the clubhouse and yeah, you would, uh, you know, open the bottles of champagne and spraying them everywhere. And I'm sure there was a little bit of alcohol consumed. Not that you're getting, you know, crazy silly or anything. Cause you know, what's ahead of you. Yeah. You're definitely not drinking that Lucas aid, mate. You know, yeah. you're not celebrating with Lucas aid. <laughs> 
yeah, a couple of maybe a couple of cigars and a, a couple of cold ones went back, and yeah. and who knows, mate, a couple of brown Gatorades. <laughs> yeah, a couple of brown Gatorades. So I mean, maybe that affected him. You know what I mean? But I mean, this bloke's this bloke's a machine. He was probably out there the next day running his running like crazy and, yeah. and getting himself, you know, back to where he needed to be because he knew that, you know, they were going to lean on him to take that ball as soon as he could, and he did. It's just uh, just the way it's worked out, mate. I mean, it's it, the other thing is you got to remember here: we're not starting the season. We're not in June and July, you know, where the arms starting to peak and you're starting to, mm-hmm. you know, high velocities. Like this guy's been throwing, and he throws innings after innings every year, two hundred plus innings. I mean, the guy, you know, the guy's tired. He's getting a little tired, and just yeah. the workload he was put through in a week. And he went out there, and went seven. Goes out there and closes out a game, another inning, and then you throw him out there for another four plus, you know, 79 pitches, 80 pitches. He did it in a week. You know, there's some blokes that have hadn't pitched in two weeks and going out and playing in the playoffs, which isn't ideal either. But, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just been a heavy workload for him, and uh, I wouldn't look into it too much other than is he going to be available? When's he going to be available now for this series? Yeah. And the other question is, do they turn around and say he's injured to get a David Price on the, on the roster to come right. in and help? Mm-hmm. Because you got to think too, and we're going to get into this later in the show. This is a guy that they probably want to turn around and sign as a free agent. Yeah. So they they're probably thinking, all right, we're throwing this guy, but at the same time, we want him healthy because if we're going to give him a hundred something million dollars, you know, we want him healthy. You know. Right. So I mean, there's probably a lot of decisions going into this. For sure. Now he he comes out and you hear the term dead arm. I get asked this all the time. What is dead arm? Is that just a blanket statement for an injury, for an arm injury? But you've talked about, you've had dead arm in spring training. You hear about it all the time in spring training. One reason why, because basically you've gone from an off season where you've had like that off season routine, then you transfer into doing those PFPs on field four or frigging day on your feet. Then you have to pitch in games that really sort of count for the first time against hitters. Week two, week three, week four, whatever. You're like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm dealing with some dead arm. So Max Scherzer comes yeah. out, you hear the dead arm, that game against yeah. the Braves. What does that mean, man? Like, let, let's hear it for, from your perspective. What does it mean? Is it a real thing? Oh, I definitely believe it's a real thing. I think it's just a fatigue. You know, we're not talking, like you said, he's not talking about ligaments here or tendons or anything like that. Like everything structurally is fine. He feels, and yeah, doesn't, there's nothing stabbing or sharp pain or anything like that. He just his arm isn't getting through the zone. It's just probably doesn't feel as quick getting through the zone. Everything's down a tick and stuff maybe isn't biting and as sharp, you know, because his arm's just a little slow. It's a little tired. It's heavy. And he's probably just got some inflammation in that's built up in there and just needs a little rest. I mean, I use that analogy when we were talking earlier before the show here. It's like going out and running 20 miles. You know, it's like, yeah, you run 20 miles. Well, can you run the next six, you know, and finish the marathon? Well, yeah, not everyone can, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you just yeah. hit a wall. It's not to say you can't go out and do that that next six a day or two later. Like you're okay, yeah. you're fine. But you know, you just at some point you hit a wall. And, and like I said, he's he's racked up two hundred plus innings and now he's being asked to go out there and take the ball, you know, three times in a week, warm up yeah. for each one of those and go deep in the first game. So yeah, mate, he's he's just He's just flat out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Two times. I'm going to match it. Now I'm going to go twice. Nah, um, it's, right. a, it's a psychological thing as well. When your velocity is down a couple miles per hour, everything feels heavy. Like you said, like getting your arms through the zone, like getting that good release point, that snap, watching a yeah. slider visually over 60 feet, not have that same late life to it where it just kind of rolls. Like that, the home run you gave up to Jock Peterson was just a, that's not a Max Scherzer slider. He knows that. And we can watch yeah. that and say, that's not that same. By, and you're like, well, he hung a pitch. Yeah, but it's also that psychological thing where he's looking at that. That can wear on you too because you're like, man, I just feel heavy. Everything feels heavy. One term yeah. the Mariners front office seem to use all the time is a soggy arm. I've never heard that before <laughs> the last couple of years. I've never used that. I probably never will. Yeah. But it's just that psychological thing where it gets in your head. You feel like, man, I just feel dead today. And you, you look over yeah. your, your shoulder into the, the radar gun too. You're like, man, my velo's down a couple miles per hour. You just don't feel yourself. It's it's hard, you know, when you you're sitting there on the mound, like you said, you see that you see that velo down a little bit. You see this the pitches aren't acting the way you want them to act. You're not able to execute and hit the spots where you want to hit, you know, because when you're feeling good, you can go out there and just snap off that slider and bury that slider, that breaking ball, or blow that fastball by the guy. And then, you know, you know in yourself too when you're not feeling so good, you lose a little 
little bit of confidence there that, you know, it's like, ah, I don't have the stuff today. So you're trying to pitch, you're just trying to work a way around it a little bit. Yeah. There's more, more room for error, I believe. And that, and then, yeah. the, you know, one pitch in that game, really, I mean, you got to think about it. He did a great job. He still punched out a bunch of guys and, and goes out there. He leaves, leaves a slider up guy hits it out and, and gives up two runs in a four and a third inning. So, I mean, he kept him in the game and, you know, and it, they've been tight games. So, yeah, that's the way it went. One remedy, and I'll be quick on this because we've got a lot to get to, but one little remedy I had in spring training because I'd go through that dead arm. Yeah. I had to throw more. Like, in other words, I'm like, oh, I've got a dead arm. If I go hit the training table and just kind of hang out and wait and try and sit it out, for, it's never going to go away. It's going to linger on for another couple of weeks. And by that point, if I'm com- competing or trying to get yeah. ready for a season, I'm screwed, man. I had that in 2010. Yeah. I was not prepped. I had a shitty off season. I was just met my wife, Amanda. We were off scuba diving or whatever. I just, I just yeah. didn't take the off season seriously. I go into spring training and I had that. Did I, my velo was way down. I'm like, oh, I got some dead arm. I'm just kind of like Cadillac and through spring training. Go out in April, man, with the lights go on. And I got yeah. my frigging ass handed to me. Wasn't prepped. And I'm trying to work through this yeah. in April. And it's one of these things I learned that's like, you know what, the, I have to throw more. It's like you have to sort of create faster training curve and, and you got to recover better and everything else. But you have to get to push through some of those, you know, call them thresholds, I guess, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I can remember going through it a couple of times myself, for sure. Definitely it was around the time of spring training. When you're starting to build up, starting to throw a lot more yeah. than what you typically, you know, have been obviously in the off season. It's hard to prep for things like that. You know, it's like they say, putting the cleats on and, Doing the PFPs, the feet get sore, and oh, yeah. it's hard to prep for that. And it just is. throwing those bullpens and, and getting in the game, just building up that stamina. And I think it's just the body going through adjusting, and it's just a bit of an adjustment period. Some guys get it, some guys don't, and yeah. it just comes and goes. But yeah, I think just loading up on the anti-inflammatories and uh, icing it and just getting that inflammation out of there. And like you said, sometimes just got to work through it. You know, maybe not overdo it, but just right. work through it a little bit. And uh, yeah, eventually you find that it, it seems to dissipate before you know it. You're like, oh, I'm just getting through again and, yeah. and feel good. Hey, um, you mentioned uh, Scherzer. You brought up a great point, man. The fact that we're starting to see a little bit of a drop off here with him went hard that second half of the year. But he's a he's a big time free agent coming up, and it's not gonna. I don't think teams gonna be like, eh, no, nah, sorry, uh, over just a week or so. But you make a great yeah. point, man. And I want to get into that before we do, though. I want to get into this. Aaron Boone last week signed a, um, a three-year extension yeah. right, after four years. Now, the Yankees, you look at them, you know, they, they win all those games, 92 games this year, get to the postseason, get knocked out in one game. So right after that, that wildcard game, it's like, oh, he's not coming back. There's all this talk about Aaron Boone's not your guy. He made some comments talking about how oh, everyone's starting to catch up to us. And then he copped it for that because other teams had been in the playoffs when they hadn't been in the World Series since 2009. He just signed a three-year deal with with, uh, with with the Yankees to stick around. I'm gonna ask you this: You've been in, in playoff teams and with big-time managers, and Joe Madden obviously he got on the map with the, the Tampa Bay Rays, and Bob Melvin is a guy who sticks around. First of all, he's a cutthroat friggin' businessman being a manager. You can be gone in in a matter of years. They can fire us quick if that front office, yeah. that ownership is not happy. It is hard to stick around, especially with the Yankees. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, look at his numbers. He's had great success. I think about 90 games over 500 or something like that. With the Yankees, what, four seasons in there, each year making it to the playoffs. So most teams you would think, wow, look, this bloke's made it to the playoffs each year. I mean, but um, obviously we're talking about the New York Yankees and they, uh, you know, they, they're going out there to win a ring. And when they feel sh- they've fallen short of that, it's questionable. And like you said, you know, they've uh, we've had uh, Joe Girardi obviously there and Joe Torrey before him. They seem to hold on to their guys for, I would say, obviously a good amount of time. And I think that's a good thing uh, when you find a good one as far as a manager goes there and and the leadership and the, and the respect that he has from, you know, the game and, and the players that are in the clubhouse. Right. That was a good move for them. Yeah, like you said, he won 100 games, 102 games. I mean, they got knocked out of the ALDS twice. They went to the ALCS and got knocked out. And then, obviously, they lost this year in the uh, in the wildcard game. So, it, it's kind of uh, – it, it's hard. It's hard. You know, I mean, you, you go out there, you can make moves as a manager. Did he make the wrong move here or there? Is it his fault? Is it the players? I mean, it's – you know, it's kind of a bit of a joint 
joint thing there where he's doing his best, making the right moves and the right decisions at the right time. And, uh, you know, then the players have got to go out and, and perform. I, I just think that, you know, having the the manager, like the ones I've had in the past with, with Melvin and Madden and guys like that, I think they did a really good job of putting you in a situation that they felt that you could right. really succeed. That was the thing for me. If they, they look at the matchups and they see, hey, you have good success here, they put you in that situation. And then some days it works out, some days it doesn't. But I think the, the one thing is, like you, you know, like you said, 2009, last time they're in the World Series, and there's different expectations with the Yankees. It's like use this year, for example, they get to the wildcard game, Garrett Cole starting, and he, he, he struggled. That's not an Aaron right. Boone. It wasn't a situation where a Pedro Martinez situation where, oh, hey, you should have taken him out. You shouldn't have left him. No, no, no. He just was not sharp whatsoever. They were all over his ass. Right? Yeah. And so when you look at that, like you said, putting the players in a situation where they can win. The other thing that he was given, they made some massive moves at the trade deadline. Like they went, yeah, they went crazy. One of the issues was they strike out too much. They hit the skids in that second half and they're striking out a ton. In the trade deadline, they go and get Joey Gallo. That's all he does is strike out. Yeah, I mean, he hits under 200 and they go get a guy like Joey Gallo. So like, and then you've obviously got Stanton and and whatever. That's how they're built. They're just built straight on, on, on power. So a lot of these things, man, that factor into it. I think the biggest thing, and you can speak for this, when you hear the comments from Aaron Judge and some of these other Yankees in the clubhouse, that says it all to me. The biggest thing yep. is how does that manager, what kind of relationship does that manager have? The real one, maybe we will never hear about it, right? Unless yeah. you're in the clubhouse as a player, what relationship does he have, communication, everything with the players? Especially yep. when you're in a place like New York where there is different expectations. It's a whole different beast. You know, oh, well, the Yankees have all this money. They can just go get whoever. It comes down to does Aaron Judge, who's the leader of that team, Stanton, some of these other guys, Garrett Cole, does him and Aaron, do they and Aaron Boone have that good relationship where they can go out every day and feel really good about playing for the dude who they're playing under? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's when you when you have a guy out there that's um, in charge and you want to go out there and take the ball for him or you want to go out there and play hard for him day in, day out, that makes a huge difference, you know, to have a, a player's manager. Yeah, you, it's a guy you want to go out there and win for. You know, obviously, you, you're doing it for yourself, the, the teammates. But when the manager's involved too, you know, the organization, the fans, when you just feel it from coming from everywhere, yeah. I think that's uh, that's a huge plus. And, and it seems like that's that's where they're at from what a lot of the comments you see there. You yeah, know, the guys like him and they respect him and think he seems to communicate pretty well with them. And, and they seem like they know, you know, where they stand and, and whatnot, so... I think, I, and I just like, man, I, baseball, there's so much turnover with players. We've talked about that before, like oh, yeah. switching teams every other year. And then you see just this straight, every GM gets fired like after three years and every manager's gone. We saw that with the Padres this year. You know what I mean? There's going to yeah. be a bunch of other places that do the same thing. I just love it when you just have that consistency and that solidarity where a guy like Aaron Boone, you know he's going to be the dude. Guys who, like when Strasbourg signed that deal, I didn't think it was a good deal from the Nationals. And I said that in 2019. I said that at the winter meetings. But uh, I like the fact that they stay in the nest. I like it when players stay with the same team. Kyle yeah. Seeger is going to leave after leave the Mariners this year. And it sucks, yeah. man. You, you want to see the dude stick around. And I, I know it's yeah. just not the way it goes, but it's just it's good when you yeah. see that, when you see, you see that. Even as a player too, you don't, all this change, there's no one any good when you just don't know what you're going yeah. to get the next couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we're in for, uh, you know, a big off season. There's a ton of, ton of free agents. We've been looking over a few, obviously uh, in the playoffs here, you're seeing a bunch of them out there on the field already. Some of the, the big ones, obviously on the big market teams. And are they the teams that they're going to return with? Yeah. You know, like Carlos Correa, you talk about Seager, but then you talk about his brother, Corey here yeah. in LA, number two on the list, Chris Bryant, who was with the Giants, traded over from the Cubs. What about man? He was a free agent, obviously pending free agent, 29 years yeah. old. So that's when that thing that age is a factor, I, I guess, because you're hitting that 30-year mark, whatever. Starts yeah. off, goes off, mate. Absolutely goes off for the Cubs. And then he just yeah. has a complete decline. He gets traded. Obviously, the Cubs aren't going to retain him. Gets yep. traded. And then he, then he figures it out with the Giants. New position, too. He's playing in the outfield. That's an yeah. interesting one, man. Chris Bryant, where's he going? Because I feel like with him, he's a guy has that that balance of he's still got a bit of youth. And we talked about this with some of these older players, but he also has this massive, massive experience. 
playoffs, been to a World Series, et cetera, et cetera. That, that's a big one, I think. But there's a bunch, man. Who, who else you got? One who I find interesting, while Trevor Story is going to yeah. be uh free He's agent, gone. I think, here for He's the first time. For sure. That guy, uh, I mean, that guy rakes, right? Yeah. Um, but but can you do the- it outside of Colorado? I mean, he, he can. I've looked. I already looked up the numbers, but uh, I'm going to have another little deep dive. Yeah, there's always a question whether guys can do it outside of Colorado, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, when they leave there. So, but uh, I think that guy for sure, oh, for I think sure. he's I think he's a great player. The other one for me is still interesting that they he hadn't re-signed him is Freddie Freeman here with Atlanta. And oh, yeah. does he win a World Series? And, and he's, I know he went through a little rough patch there, this playoffs, so he struck out, I think, was it seven times consecutively? He hasn't yeah. done that in his whole career ever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think he, after he I hit that, that big I, home run. Yeah. And I think the, uh, before he could get a chance to strike out eight in a row, I know he swung at that first pitch and flew out to left field. He's like, I'm not punching out, <laughs> swing first pitch. I don't know, blame him. But no, that guy is, him. that guy's obviously, you know, MVP last year, yeah. batting titles. I mean, hits over 300 basically, well, it, seems like it, every year. So, this is what I'm, and we have to have Moilo on to talk about this, especially in the off season, uh, yeah. and we will. One thing with with Freddie Freeman, they tried to extend him early in the year. It didn't go well. Yeah. When they have a, a home, not a homegrown player, but someone who's a brave, they're a brave yeah. for life, no, no matter what. Yeah. And he's got his kid. You know, you saw the on, you go on his IG Instagram account. You see, yeah. you know, he's going to his kids' little league. So you feel like he's established there. He's basically living in the area and whatnot. In the area, exactly. Yeah. Did, did that affect you with he's when, the face of the team yeah no doubt right so yeah, yeah i mean it's i mean hey at the end of the day though was it a fair deal it does he feel like they're you know trying to give him that hometown discount he just wants probably a, a fair deal and and what what he should be paid based yeah. on what everyone else is getting so um it'll be interesting there's still time there and i'll have the you now they'll have their first shot once the World Series is over, they'll have a little bit of time there to retain him. I think there's that five-day window or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, and I want to talk to you about that other teams. in a second. Just back to Trevor's story. So he hit, two, on, in away games, average 203, 296 home, at home in Colorado. But he had 13 bombs on the road, 11 home runs in Colorado. So I, I think he's good. <laughs> it's not something where he's hit 20, oh, yeah. 21 home runs and three on the road. Yeah, the dude would just go off wherever he goes for sure. Yeah, he, hey man, he's a guy though. Like he picked it up in September, but he was starting to dip as well. Remember when he didn't get traded and he was all upset over it? Why didn't you trade me this, that, and the other? Which is kind of questionable. Why, why didn't you get traded? Because they, yeah. they know they're not going to keep him for next year. And so, you know, that whole relationship's super rough. Well, it's going to come down to that qualifying offer that we can talk about later on too, right? Well, they let's talk about it now, still, man. We can still you- talk about that. Let, let's touch on that. We're, this is something we're going to dive into uh, as the as off season goes on because there's a lot of stuff I want to I want to talk about. The, the off season is just as interesting to me as the in season stuff, especially when you talk about your experience and everything else. But you've been through that, man. You've you've been in a situation where pending free agent this time of year, you're in the playoffs with a team. Are they going to try and bring me back? You got all these like warm and fuzzies about being with that team and everything else but you know that when business comes down to it you have that hangover period five days after that goes away and it gets down to business qualifying offer just can we touch on that just for a second for people who don't understand how that works for a guy like let's say max scherzer for example yeah well we're going to get deeper into this a little bit later on here into the play uh into the off season for people that don't know max scherzer we're going to use him as an example been traded over to the LA Dodgers. He's with the Dodgers now. And he was actually traded during the season this year. And this is something we didn't actually talk about before. But yeah. because he was traded during the season, that team will not be able to receive any compensation for him as a right. uh, qualifying offer, I believe. And you can right. correct me if I'm wrong there. But because he was traded during the season, I believe they did not get any compensation because he was sure. traded. That's right. I remember that. And and someone we're going to have on during the offseason too is, is uh, JP Morosi. He did. If he was sitting here right now, this is where we need a guy like yeah. uh, JP Morosi. He could explain in depth. To your point, you're right, man. See, that, that's one of the other things that goes down with these free agent, uh, so, excuse me, these trades and everything else. But as far as the qualifying offer goes, basically the Dodgers say to him, hey, mm-hmm. look, we're going to give you this qualifying offer, which keeps him there for a year. And that amount of money is what eighteen something million. It's basically the average of the highest paid salaries, 
right? It's kind of yeah, confusing. out of the hundred top one hundred and twenty five players. From what it seems like, it's right. the, the basically the mean, the average there yeah. runs around eighteen point four, eighteen point nine million this year. Yeah, so they're going to offer that to one of their pending free agents, and if he decides to take it, he'll stay there on a one year deal and make that salary. If he decides to decline it and go out into free agency, ask for a multi year contract then yeah. the team that he signs for will then give compensation back to the Dodgers, so yeah. to speak. But right. in Scherzer's um, instance, he will they will not get compensation for him because he was traded during the year, is that's what right. I believe. Yeah, you're so, right. You're right. That, that, that's it. We yeah. need to talk about that. That's right. And that's a guy, too, we talk about free agency. I mean, you talk about Max Scherzer. We've talked about him a lot this um, and very well. So... He could be a guy that goes out there and, and demands $35, $40 million a year. No no problems asked after what yeah. some teams have been handing out. So how many teams are going to offer are going to be able to pay that kind of money? We already know there's only probably six teams out there. So after that, the other 24 teams, forget about it. He's not playing for the Orioles. He's not playing for the Indians. He's not Sorry, playing guys. for the Rays. Just forget about it, guys. And they're moving on. So – their plans, he's not in their plans, as, although all those teams would love to have him. They're not going to be able to afford that price tag. It's like shopping for you know, a Gucci handbag in Walmart. You're not going to find it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it just things change, and, um, you know, and as the offseason goes they've along, got, uh, you know, the price got, tags got, come down. But They've got another uh, Lucci handbags. I think there's like a knockoff or something. You oh, yeah, yeah. Get, yourself a, get yourself a Lucci. <laughs> Oh Jesus, mate! Hey, I'll be a knockoff dude. Hey, if um if the Orioles want to come and sign me, I'll be a knockoff handbag. Sign for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah, I know some of these knockoff um deals aren't too bad, like a exactly. five year fifty or whatever. You know, wouldn't know. mind. I know, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there's a lot of money in this game, as we see, gets thrown around. Um, yeah. and it's gonna. There's a lot of things that are gonna. Um, yeah, we talked about the uh, competitive balance and all that kind of stuff. All this, all that might come into play here based yeah. on agreements and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it's been taking a while to sign these guys too. It's The, the winters are getting longer and longer. Like, yeah. typically, you know, everybody back in the day was signed around January, early January, everyone knew where they were going. Nowadays, it's you're, you're in spring training, into spring training, and you're maybe just signing a guy or the season starts and there's an injury and you sign a big name. So it, it's definitely changed a lot. Hey, I was shocked. I've got to say, 2019 at the winter meetings I, in San Diego, I was there, and, and everyone's like, oh, no deals are going to get done right now. I mean, it's this early December. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Strasburg, Garrett Cole, Anthony Rendon, just boom, 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 like one after the next, multi, multi-year deals. And and I thought they were, I thought they were done and dusted, mate. I thought they were done like a dog's dinner because – you know, because the game gets younger, teams don't want to spend anymore. So it's just going to be these one-year deals, mm. one-year deals for a ton of money per year. But no one wants to yeah. bet on the guys six years. I don't. I honestly, correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I don't see the the good in the investment. I don't want to yeah. bet on a guy who's going to be 36 in four years from now. He's just going yeah. to break down. And we saw that with Strasburg. Strasburg's barely frigging touched the baseball. He's, yeah. I mean, World Series legend there with the nationals i like to see him stay with the team but it turned out to be a bad deal but then you got guys like this is what i wanted to ask you man marcus Semyon. here's an interesting one he ended up signing a one-year deal for this year last year he came off he was an mvp then he struggled for a bit and he could have signed a multi-year deal as a free agent so he ends up signing a one-year deal sort of bets on himself oh yeah he goes out and absolutely has an absolute blinder yeah so (laughs) so here he is now 40 plus homers and the, and, and the rest yeah, of it just goes yeah. off. So I want to ask you this. When you were a pending free agent, you're coming up for that free agent year. Did you feel the pressure that going, man, I have to absolutely dominate this year? No, I don't really. I never really thought too much about it. You know, I, each year I wanted to go out and have a great year. So it wasn't like I was putting pressure on myself. I'm a free agent this year. Was there um, talk though, like with, with your agent or your family? Oh, dude, hey, that was the other thing I was going to bring up to you too. When you talk about it at the winter meetings, a lot of that comes down to the agents and, and they're, what they're doing, like the Boris Corporation and what he's doing. Because obviously, you know, you look at some of these bigger agencies and they get the bigger players. So until they sign... And the big ball drops. Nothing's really happening in in the in the world of baseball. And then start the big names start to drop, and then we kind of know, all right, this is who's on the table, who's off the table, and things start to happen. But 
As far as, yeah, the free agency goes uh, for myself, uh, as you questioned there, uh, I didn't really put that pressure on myself, honestly. It worked out well that I, I had some good years leading into it. But I would say just based on the rules and things, it was a little bit different back then. Probably didn't have the best of luck as far as that goes. It was type A free agencies, type That's B, right. B back That's right. then. Uh, it was a little bit different. It was different rules. And um, the timing of it probably wasn't great. I wish it was more um, the way it was today. I think it would have worked out a little better for me as far as that goes. But yeah, no complaints to you, mate. Was that it? Was that a time when, as soon as the season got done for you, you you you're done with the year. You're sitting around. You have those conversations with your agent. When did that all kick off? Like, how many teams were we talking that were like, "Oh, hey, your agent calls and said, oh, this team.'" That team, they're interested, but they only want to go yeah. one. When did all those chats start to kick off, and how often, how frequent was it as soon as the season got done? Well, like I said, you know, you're looking at the big, the big names. I was, you know, obviously a reliever there. Typically, the bigger names are probably your starters or, or your position players, right? Unless mm. maybe you're a Mariano Rivera, right, or like a big top closer, the the yeah. top closer in the game. But typically, as a reliever, it's going to take a little bit longer. I feel like um, so. Yeah, it was it was end of the December, sort of Christmas time. Um, I'm just trying to remember when I actually did sign. I think it was sometime maybe after Christmas in January. Sometimes you're sitting here waiting, going, "Ah, oh, wonder when it's going to happen." You know, it all depends on you know what these teams are chasing. You know, if you if you've got five or six teams that are looking at you, but you're their number number two on the list. You know, they're trying to get this this ace starter, and if they get him then they'll come to you. It just depends. There's just so many moving parts. Yeah. But typically, you know, early January, I started to get some calls and we start to talk and say this team, that team. And then you start to have those conversations and think, where do I want to play? Yeah, this field, that field, and start to look into the dollars and, and the money and, and whatnot. And sometimes it's not always about the money. It's very similar money, but it's where do you want to play? Who's who's managing that team? What's the success of that team? Are you going to win a championship with that team? Because you know how it is, mate. You go and play on a team that wins 40 games. You're miserable. I don't care how much money you're making in baseball. And people yeah. might think, oh, you're making 20 million. How could you be unhappy? But you should go to shop that field every day. And when you're losing games, it's not fun. It yeah. really isn't. You know what I mean? So that's why you get stories like some of these guys and they're, they're making a lot of money and they're in places where the teams just aren't winning. After a while, they're just getting tired of that. They want to go out and win. They're champions. They've probably been playing all their life, winners, winners their whole life. They're great players. And all of a sudden now, personally doing well, but they're on these teams that are losing and it just, it's not yeah. sitting well with them, you know? When you all of a sudden had this option, that option, did you reach out or, you know, guys, hey, what's it like playing here? Like, for example, you signed with the A's. Did you know anyone well, who played there? Did you ask in, in advance? The good thing about having an agent is he's signed many people to those places before, right? Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of, lot of resources, a lot of players, a lot of um, history with different teams. So he can tell you, hey, I can tell you, if you go here, if you go there, this is the opportunity you're going to get. And this is what they've told us in the past. And they stand by their word. And if you go here, then I don't know, might not be, so, you know, having that agent there is just like a massive help, you know? Yeah, yeah. When you finish a season and you're a free agent, that must be the best feeling, right? Just going, yeah, I just absolutely, everything I could dominated. Yeah. Now I'm a free agent. I know I'm going to get paid. Always yeah. a nerve wracking. You're like, oh man, what if I just get all this? Like it waits till February. And yeah. now I'm just stuck on these one year deals because you're the type A that you, were, that you said you were a type A free agent. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was obviously a good feeling. You, you you know you have a great year. You you've accomplished you know everything that you wanted to accomplish that year. And yeah. you know obviously you, you're trying to win a ring. You either win a ring, you don't win a ring, or you got to the playoffs. You went as far as you could, and you did everything you could. And then when you come out of it, you look back and think, wow, I got some pretty good numbers, and I'm going to be a free agent this year. And you know it'll be interesting to see what happens, one way or another. You, you know you're going to be all right. You know what I mean? When you went through that first free agency with the uh, going to the A's, who were some of the other teams that you were talking to that were close that you thought, oh, there's a really good chance I'm going to go to this team? Ah, man, I'm trying to think of the teams. Was, I remember back then the Yankees were, were always kind of in the pocket in there talking. Is that a place um, you would have liked to play in? I think back about it. Yeah, you know, I was I played with the Rays for so long now, so it's like, I'm like, ah, I don't know. But, but at the same time, I think um, it definitely would have been fun. 
there was uh i know in my second time through free agency you got um there was toronto but cleveland uh the white Sox, uh the mets you know the rays were there baltimore uh, a bunch of different teams there so and then tell, talk to me i know I, I don't want to dive too much into this but talk to me about you were about to sign with the orioles and then it didn't happen but what yeah. happens is, and we see this all the time, where especially with social media, it's not about getting the right information. It's about getting the information out there first. A source told me this, boom, flick it through, whether it's yeah. right or wrong. And that yeah. happened with you, right? So you were about to sign with the Orioles. It wasn't done yet. The deal was not done. It comes out, and I thought you'd sign with the Orioles. I'm like, oh, Grant signed with the yeah. Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. That's, that was public well, I guess you do. I guess you, you agree to sign pending a physical yeah, I guess, I guess you do agree to sign with them. You go up there and do a physical, and then if the physical comes back that they don't like it, then the you know I guess the the deal drops out. So that's that's what happened there. So you went up to Baltimore, did a physical, mm-hmm. and they basically said, "Oh, look, we saw something here. The doctor saw something here. Yeah. We're not going to sign you." Yeah, there was a bit of controversy between all that, which, like I said, I won't get into. But yeah. there was a little controversy there, and and yeah, they they chose not to sign me in the end, yeah. and I stayed a free agent. And then that's when a bunch of other teams calling, uh, but signed for signed for a little less money, you know. And that's what, and and that's the point I'm getting because it's funny. I remember you see this all the time someone said it's all about getting the information out there first i always go back to the conversations you and i had about that whole ordeal thinking you sign with the orioles you don't and then now all these teams basically in a situation like the white Sox could uh hey we'll just offer you one year this and it's nowhere near what your asking price is because they kind of know that you just went through this and something's up right so your value does drop Right, and it screws you because all because these other teams should not know that you're on a plane heading up to Baltimore. There's something I don't know if they've made changes to that now or how that works. They try to keep it quiet or not, but yeah, I believe it. That should stay harsh until it's a final, you know, because it definitely uh, is an effect on the player. And you're being very politically correct here. You're not going to go into details, and that's totally fine. I get it. Yeah. I just remember having conversations with you, and yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll yeah. we'll post some uh, information. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it, can be, it, it can be it can be frustrating, you know, because it's you've played a long time, you know, you've gotten to that point in your career, you've yeah. you know the blood, sweat, and tears that you've put all those days, all those outings, all that rehab, or you know what you've been through to get to that point. It's not just overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Play a long time to get to that point. And it's, and it's not easy, you know? No, so, yeah. Yeah. And it's not easy. And a lot of most players, including myself, don't get to that point where it's like where you're in that situation. But then you go back to the Rays and talk to me about when they called you and said, hey, we want to sign him back. What, yeah. what was that process like? You went down to the field. You know, you did a physical. Did you see any of the staff members there that day? That must have been a relieving day, right? Yeah, no, it was awesome. I mean, I got to see familiar faces and, um, you know, it's a team that I would have liked to have obviously come back to in the first place, but, you know, they weren't sure what they wanted to spend, you know, at the time too. So, but yeah, definitely uh, awesome to get back to the Rays and um, see all the faces there that, you know, I hadn't seen in uh, in a few years and great memories and uh, and whatnot. So it was an, an easy one for me to uh, return there. Yeah. Talking about returning and talking about... Uh... Yeah, good feeling. We're going to transition into that's grouse yeah, right mate. now. It's Melbourne Cup Day. All right. It is. Big Melbourne Cup. So did you explain to the Americans, basically, it's the Kentucky Derby in Australia. It's bigger than the Kentucky yeah. Derby, I believe. If anyone wants to argue with me, have at it. But the Melbourne Cup creates yeah. more revenue and, and there's bigger dollars on the table. It's worldwide. Big yep. Melbourne Cup, mate. I remember being seven years old knowing about the Melbourne Cup. The whole, the whole of Australia stands still. I can't even remember. Did they end up having a um, a day? They were talking about having a like a national day for Melbourne it's Cup Day because no one goes to work. So they're like, you know, nothing. Everything's open, but nothing. No one's working there behind the counter. So it's like you might as well call it a national holiday. Actually, it says here now. I'm just looking here. It says here the Melbourne Cup takes place at the Flemington Racecourse in Melbourne on the first Tuesday of November, which is a public holiday in the city. So it is actually a public holiday in the city. In the city it's of in Melbourne. Melbourne. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, because I remember, I, I remember being on the school bus heading home and we pull over the side of the road and the driver would turn it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh mate, it was, it was, like I said, it was everything. I mean, my mum, my mum worked at the tab and we, like I told, mentioned before, we had um, two of the TABs back and the grandparents and stuff like that. So that's obviously a big horse racing, totalizing betting place where you can go and rate, uh, put your bets on uh, the horses and the Melbourne Cup and the whole thing. So those those are days where they're just packed out the doors. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then she or she she'd be at work one day. She's like, "Oh yeah, I'll put you in the pool. You know, you got such and such horse. <laughs> you know, you throw five bucks in or whatever. You know, have a bit of fun. It was, it was always <laughs> always a good time. Always good memories, mate." Yeah, I remember my mom's like, oh, yep, I got you, got you on a horse, mate. You're on, yeah, whatever, like whatever the name is. And I'm like, oh, sweet, sounds good. And yeah. Then the odds are like, yeah, 45 to 1. I'm like, yeah, okay, no shot. But it's so yeah. funny. You get the you get these punters, mate, who just think they're absolute experts. Like, yep, um, you know, old mate, you know, whatever the name is, doesn't like a damn track. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, um, yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, it does. It comes down to that, I suppose. It does. You know, you got sunshine and then other days on november there it's um pouring rain but for the most part for everyone that doesn't realize this which hopefully they do it's the opposite season so november is is actually some warm weather start, yeah. you know leading into the summer back in australia um it's not cold and dreary or anything like that like it is over here um yeah in most parts of uh america so it, it usually is a dry track i believe yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you get the occasion. You get the occasional. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at this wet dude, track. Man. A little bit of a slow track. He doesn't do so good on the outside. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you get those blokes there just standing in front of a television screen. Go on, come on, whip yeah. it. <laughs> Go, Go on, you good thing. Go, you good thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like. They're, they're literally on. the whole month's pay or yeah, fortnight pay or whatever just goes yeah. straight into the bloody Melbourne Cup. It's like, mate, listen, yeah, you know, what, what yep. are we doing? And then no, he's done his dough. The TV, but then you see, you look on the look on the TV, you know, you see all these like you know the outfits and stuff going there. It's tradition to get dressed up, and you yep. just see all these blokes like they're probably just cashed up and they're like, yeah, like this, like they're just uh, just yeah. over the moon, like suit and tie. Suit and tie. I don't know if they're like you know part of the ownership group or something, but they're worth you know they're worth a mint. Worth a monster. <laughs> Usually, Gay Waterhouse walking in, mate, with the hat on. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, Gay Waterhouse. She was a staple, yeah. mate. Every year, not just the Melbourne Cup, but every like you know Randwick. Yeah. There she is. She was like, she was like, like the queen. She was like the mate. queen, mate. She was like what the was queen. That? I thought she was a queen when I was younger. I was like, is this so the queen? Dude, I was like, hang on a minute. She's she a bloody a horse sl- race owner. She was a celebrity. I mean, what was she uh, just big like? Time. A, she was an owner, I guess, and she just had. Oh yeah, she was a socialite. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, she had all the big names. That's for sure. That that tells us something. Winners. When you're a, t- a kid, like I'm talking a 12 year old, you know, you usually like Superman, Batman, and you know, some of your favorite yeah. footy players. But you know who Gay Waterhouse is? Like, it, yeah, because yeah, yeah. she's big time. It's nuts. And the horse I, I racing's huge back home. The dogs, the horses, the trots—they love it, mate. Massive, mate. I went actually. I went to a bucks Anytime party. You can put put a punt on somewhere. They love well, it. Well, yeah, one. I went to the. Um, it was one of the lead up events uh, for the for the Melbourne Cups called the Cox Plate. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, yeah. We had our, uh, Nick Kirk, you know, one of my best friends. We had his his bucks party. And we were at this section, and it's so funny, mate. We've got you know big group of mates. I'm talking you know twelve deep. Half yeah. of them don't want to spend money. Half of them do, right? So I said, hey, listen, yeah. man, it's a bucks party. Let's just, why don't we pay? It's called the pleasure pit, right? Basically, it's all the food, <laughs> drink, whatever you want. And yeah. it's, it's not just chock a block. So you go to that race course and you're in the stands with every other punter. It's hot, like you said, that time of year, starting to get humid. You're wearing a frigging yeah. suit. You're trying to dress nice. Or, you know, half these Muppets, 18-year-olds are wearing their dad's suit. doesn't even fit right. And you just stand <laughs> in there trying to get to some bookie. He's lined up with his pencil yeah. case. You know, the bookies all lined up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big leather, <laughs> big leather uh, buddy bag, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes i got some security there. I don't know how it is but, yeah, if you were at the at the, at the the races in Sydney. But I remember in Broadway, yeah. like sometimes you see like, you know, some security there or something. Because they got big money sitting there in that pencil Fuck case. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so we would... um. We go to this Cox Plate and half my, I had to convince half my buddies who are just like, oh, mate, it's still expensive. I'm not paying up front. I'm like, mate, listen, to get a frigging beer and a, and a meat pie there, it's going to cost you 50 bucks. Like, let's just go yeah. to this. 
I think it was like 260 bucks or something like that. You go in, yeah. you go under the track into the in, in, infield. Oh, there. In, inside. Yeah. It's unreal. So you can walk right up to where, you know, where the ponies, you know, dash over the line and, and yeah, give well, it a big, yeah. Mate, oh, all, the, all, right. all the grog you can put away. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, you can cut my mates at grog monsters too, mate. So it's just oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh but it, it was awesome. So you get the ticket, you get the, you know, all the food, whatever. So you're smashing dimmies and, and everything else. Oh, yeah. but you, That's you're, beautiful. That's a great day, mate. It was, dude, it was a blast, mate. We had such a good day. We were in there just. Nothing better than a great day at the races, mate, especially when you're winning, especially Nothing. when you back a few winners, you know? Yeah. Now, the Melbourne Cup is extremely hard to win. Yeah. I mean, you go to some of these oh, yeah. other events. For example, the Boxing Day races at Broadmeadow, mate. You want to see some? You want to see well, some some characters at that place? You're talking. They got the Caulfield a- Caulfield Cup too. Exactly. Back home. <laughs> yeah, a couple of lead ups. <laughs> Boxing week. Day races. I used to go there. Yeah, you know, Christmas time in Australia. It's humid. It's hot. Roll down the track. Yeah. You're wearing a suit for God knows what. I'll never forget. I'll rock up. Yeah. I'm pitting out like crazy. I just I'm dusty in the track. <laughs> <laughs> you're rolling and you're trying yeah so, some of your friends dads got a members badge or something like that so in they go to the it's nice air conditioned the rest of the time you're just out yeah. on the yeah you know, just with every other place on the but track you, you see there mate you get to the afternoon five o'clock in the afternoon and the girls you know girls been putting away the champagne or whatever they're all yeah. got a fake tan on <laughs> they got their shoes in their hands melting and- right off them <laughs> <laughs> exactly and they're just they got those down. high heels that they've worn twice a year Exactly, just, yeah. The, heels the feet, are going right through their feet. Yeah, trying to get a taxi. Like, it's just yeah, a bad barefoot look, carrying the heels home. Wishing <laughs> <laughs> they brought their buddy slippers, mate. Exactly. I know, yeah. They should dress uh, comfortably, whatever. And and the, and the yeah. blokes, you know, there's, there's been a blue or two around, you know, like someone's got their uh, shirt ripped off. <laughs> mate, I, sh- I showed up one year in a bloody tracksuit. I showed up the tracky. <laughs> yeah, I showed up me tracky dackies. <laughs> I was like, screw it. I'm just going to go comfy, you know? Yeah, but you've... <laughs> I remember just yeah. trying to look. I've got my button-down shirt on. Like, what am I thinking? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't wear jeans, mate. you got to wear, like, actual, like, trousers. Yeah, yeah. And you're just sweating your ass off out there, just, you know, trying to look cool or whatever, just trying to get a little bit of AC. But you always got, you always got that one mate who knows some horse trainer or something. Yeah, he thinks he's... <laughs> and he's, he's like, Tom. Yeah, he's like my, my, my uncle's mate. It's been feeding these horses, like so they're going to be slow. <laughs> <laughs> Try to give you inside tips. Yeah, and they never yeah. win. You're like, oh shit, I'll stay away from them. I'm, I'm going to bet on yeah. on whoopie doo or on something. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got your other yeah. mate, who's you know, like I said, dad's got uh, the mate, membership pass. <laughs> I've always found it so hard to pick. And then oh. the other thing was too trying to pick a dog. Oh, the dogs were even worse, no mate, because the dogs got knocked out of the gates. Now, oh. It could have been it could have been dollar fifty lickers. to one. Yeah, dollar fifty to one comes out the gate. You've just put a pineapple on it. It's gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a week's pay out the door. <laughs> so, well, your family used to have like everyone putting their hat like a lucky dip or something, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. you go in the pool, you know, and yeah. uh, or it could be at work. It could be the one at work or whatever. She goes, yeah, I threw five bucks in for you. Got your yeah. got your horse, you know. Yeah, she'd I'm give like, you the number. So as soon as you got home from school, you'd quickly race in the door. Because I think from memory, it was around 4 o'clock or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it was around that time that they were Around race. that time. Yeah, like 3.45 you know, from or school, something. Throw the school bag down and you get right in front of the TV. Like, oh, I'm, I'm on number five. <laughs> <laughs> and you just see yeah. that horse slowly start to lose track. You're like, oh, oh yeah. It's yeah. on the outside. It's 30 lengths back. And you're like, oh, forget it. I do remember being a kid though, and like trying to get into it, and like you're like, "Oh, mum, what what all should I pick?" And she's like, "Well, here's the form guide. Have a look." <laughs> and That's then they got it. they got a the little blue paper always. Yeah, it, or every year, and they got like the, yeah, the colors, the colors of the jersey, you know, like yep. the pink and the yellow, whatever. I used to just go by names, honestly. Me too. Well, it got to the point where they're all good horses. I felt like anyone could maybe yeah. win it. Unless yeah. there was like some outstanding horse that everyone's talking about. You know, it's going for the triple crowns. So like this one's going to shoe in, you know. I'll like, yeah. oh, throw 10 on it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. um, but other than that, I'm like, no, I'm, I want to go for something that's like 25 to 1 where I'm going to get a, make a bit of money, you know, because I wasn't yeah. putting big bucks on it. So I was right. putting 5 bucks on it, 10 bucks on it. You know, I was going to get 125, 250 back. And back then, if you're a young kid, oh, that's that's a big payday. You know, you laugh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. 
I used to go, I used to try, as I got older, I tried to be pro. There'd be a little blurb in there like, um, yeah, old mate's been running good last three months. It could be a winner or something like, oh, this is my horse <laughs> oh, right yeah. there. He got his history. He's got his history in the last four races. Exactly. Yeah. A first, a second, a third, and a fourth. You're like, oh, yeah. he's, he's due. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got, got bumped out at bloody some track, some, you know, country track or yeah. something, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's yeah. been training hard this week and he's looking good. Oh, yeah, mate. So anyway, so Melbourne Cup Day, a uh, lot of fun. Mate, we, we might have to have a pun ourselves, see how we go. Yeah, if you, hey, li- listen, home. if you did, if you had a big win or, or a big loss, let us know on social, yep. especially in the, the Melbourne uh, Cup stories from back home. Yeah, hey, but, but hey, big, big announcement too. Grant Balfour finally is on Instagram. You can find him at Grant Balfour fifty. Jeez, Welcome, mate. mate. Welcome to the kids. Welcome to the kids party. Yeah, it took a while. Yeah, but you got some good content up there. I actually threw up last week. I threw up a picture. I'll have to do it again. People asked me about the truck. They wanted to see your truck, so I did throw a picture oh, yeah. of that on the top yeah. step page. But I, yeah. I, this is what's called tagging Grant. I tagged you into it. All right, so okay. you can then see. I it. saw that. I did there see that. Yeah, Good on you, mate. even had the uh, he even had the little the the uh, Balfour gnome as well. So I did, I did notice the gnome on the truck. Yeah, you know, there you go. Was a nice little touch there, mate. Good on you. Yeah, I appreciate it. that. Was all me, mate. Hey, um, yeah, big day for Melbourne Cup. Like we uh, mate, we, we better get out. We, we're gonna you got the form guide in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get stuck into it here in a minute and uh, yeah. pick myself a winner for uh, that first week, mate. November. We might have to post. We might have to post who we who we put a uh, pineapple on. Now, pineapple for you Americans is a fifty dollar yeah. note, fifty dollar yeah. bill. If you yeah. go Google it, it's yellow. That's why it's called a pineapple yeah. or a redback. Yeah. Redback's twenty. Redback's twenty. Yeah, in yeah. Australia, the the bills are all color coded and different sizes, which I love. Right. It's uh, it makes it so much easier. The first thing yes. I did when I came to the states here was I put me hundreds at the back. Well, I didn't have many. I had one, maybe one. It was Velcroed in the back of my wallet, so it wouldn't fall out. <laughs> Mum and Dad's like, "Here's a hundred yeah. bucks, mate. Go get you your don't head. lose it <laughs> <laughs> when you get off that then, plane. Go get yourself Maccas or something." Yeah, and it was like you know, every every note's the same color, it's the same size. Yeah. So ever since that day, you know, I go ones, five, ten, twenty, fifty, hundreds. If I'm carrying some big bills around, dude, um, hold on I put a them second. In order. Just on that, all right. I know I'm gonna let you off here in a second. That doesn't surprise me because I always rip on you about this. You are so OCD. There is no way there's a one is mixed in with a five with you. No, no, never. No chance. No, if I pull my wallet out, it's one one through a hundred. Guaranteed they're all in order. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it because I don't want to go back there and like, I got a hundo in the front. I think I'm handing over a dollar because it's just, they all look yeah. the same sometimes. You just, they do. You know, especially when you first came over here, you know what I mean? It was yeah, new to us. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Trying to figure it out. Like, having to learn the, the, the currency here, mate. Yeah. So, pineapples, redbacks. Yeah. We, that, that might be uh, another topic for another day. Talking yeah. coins, t- talking the coin collection. We'll talk, we'll talk currency in, in that's grouse later yeah. on. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, this has been fun, mate. I've got to let you go. Uh, right, buddy. You're flat out, mate. I'll let you off the airwaves. But uh, this has been fun. Hey, don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed it. Enjoyed some of the Aussie banter or some of the free agent talk. We're going to talk a lot this offseason. There's plenty to talk about. Rule changes, the collective bargaining agreement, everything the grant is an expert at, uh, and then everything rolled in spring training. So get get on it, guys. Join the community. Subscribe. There's going to be a World Series champion here soon too, yes. so we'll we'll enjoy uh, talking about that and That's right. maybe get into how they built their team and and yeah. and what it took to win it all. Be for exciting, sure. yeah, for sure. Awesome, Grant. It's been fun, mate. I'll, I'll let all you right, get, 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 grab that form guide, mate. I expect a big winner. All right, mate. See ya. Mm-hmm.